everybody. Welcome to Mormonish. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Landon. And this is another episode in our series with the Backyard Professor delving into the gospel topics essays. We've done, I think, how many now, Landon? Uh, this is our third one, I believe. I think it's our third one. Yes, these are live episodes with the Backyard Professor. And then a couple of weeks later, we repurpose them and we put them out on Mormonish so that everybody has a chance to see them. And of course, we are going through this book, the LDS Gospel Topics series, sort of as a lens to study these essays through. And it's been really interesting. It's so fun to work with the Backyard Professor. He's just, well, he's a hoot, isn't he? He is. This is one of our funnest episodes. I really I really enjoyed doing this one. <laughs> yeah, this is one of our funnest episodes. And the one that we're going to be covering tonight is Becoming Like God. And the question that we're trying to answer in this essay, or the study of this essay, is what the heck happened to the idea of all of us getting our own planet, right? Why don't you talk a little bit about that for a second, Landon? Yeah, we definitely cover that. Uh, where did that idea go? Where did it come from? Uh, and we even throw in some fun art and uh, even a musical sing-along. So <laughs> this episode has everything. And it also has some weird technical issues at the beginning. It turned out later to be all Carrie. Of course, <laughs> both Landon and I were like, oh, there's something wrong. And Carrie's saying, check your mic. It turned out later to be him and feedback. So please bear with us. If you hear some weird crackling, we eventually get it solved and you can figure it out. But it is actually pretty entertaining. Don't you think, Landon, to see us trying to work it out? Because oh. Carrie's like, it's not me. Check your mic. Check your, they were like, no, it was all Carrie. So. <laughs> that was half the fun. <laughs> that was half the fun with the Backyard Professors. You never know what's going to happen. So anyway, another one of our wonderful episodes in the series, Gospel Topics Essay Series with the Backyard Professor, Carrie Schertz. We hope you guys enjoy Becoming Like God. Thank you. Welcome to the Backyard Professor Live on a Thursday night. We have a very good show for you tonight for a Thursday night. We are going to dissect the Mormon church's essay, Becoming Like God. I have Mormonish Brandon and Rebecca with me, and we are going to kick rumpus tonight. <music> Okay, welcome to the show. How are my two heroes and 
how do you say heroette? It's not hero, it's heroin. Heroin, but yeah, heroine. but that sounds like a drug. Yeah, it sounds like, hey, you're a drug, Rebecca. How about that? <laughs> hey, I, I got to confess, I, I watched you guys today on Mormon News Roundup. What a hoot. He has invited me to do it on July 9th. So I'm going to be on Mormon News Roundup. That's the about the only news I've got other than something very, very vital and important that sh shall I introduce the idea now or should we wait until we get to the end of this? Maybe that well, there's 26 folks. Uh, for those who are listening up front, here we go. Um, we have decided, we, I have been lovingly forced <laughs> totally against my will because it sucks to do this. Yes, I'm kidding. Uh, I am somewhat of a cartoonist, caricaturist, artist type sort of dude. And I, I love tinkering with this stuff. And I have been doing some caricatures. And in the last couple of months, there's been several who have asked me to make an Exmo superhero poster with all of us together. And so I thought, well, I, I need to, I need to warm up. I need to start. So the real question and you two don't say anything. Let's see if the audience can guess who this is. Do we know this man? Does he look familiar? Is he needed to be on a wanted poster? So that's the first caricature. Oh, they're saying that, hey, Oklahoma dance, they say they love all the work that we're all doing. So this is good. Yeah, this man is out and wanted by all of us because we love him so much and we enjoy his work. I'm, I'm doing caricatures of uh, several different people and we'll show you Landon and Rebecca tonight at the end. So you guys have to watch all the way through this. You can't skip diddy doo dah. You're gonna miss the good artwork. These two were so fun to caricature. I love caricaturing everybody anyway, but we're gonna do it in the Avengers style, the Marvel comics. I wore my, I wore my t-shirt tonight in honor of the superheroes who are fighting the evil Mormon church. Give Satan a point there. Here's my list. I want to present this to my audience real quick, and then we'll get started. Uh, we've got RFM, of course, Bill Real, Mormonish, these two fine folk here. John DeLynn, I'm working on his right now as we speak. Well, not technically as we speak, but John DeLynn's going to be the next one I get done. Then I'm going to have Nuance Ho, Gerardo, John Larson, Nemo the Mormon, Maven, Steve from Mormon Book Reviews, Mike from LDS Discussions, Sandra Tanner, of course, Lindsay Hansen Park, Natasha Parker, Samantha Shelley from Zelf on a Shelf, Dan Vogel, we don't know who he is yet, but we're going to try to find out who he is, David Bakavoy, Charlie Harold, Jonathan Streeter, Barry Richens, Doug Vincent, ooh, Doug, are you ready for this? Jeremy Runnels, Sam Young, and Kate Kelly. If you guys can think of any that you really think need to be in this group, because I don't want to miss out on any superheroes, um, let me know in the comments or email me or get with me or tell me, you know, yeah, calm down, Doug Vincent. You're one of the superheroes. Don't argue with me. I'm not in the mood. So he's squealing eek already. Calm down. 
Okay. So anyway, um, I suspect by realistically, we're going to, we're going to get it out by the end of this year, but I'm using Landon and Rebecca as kind of my soundboard to critique my caricatures. And I did both of them and they absolutely hated them. So we accept that role. Okay. Yes. And the sugar beet episode is coming up. Marquita Armstrong. It is. Um, um, it is in the works and we will we will get that as soon as we can landon is absolutely working his butt off i i haven't done a thing i feel terrible yeah. I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't even be on the show but um you'll have to give me a book to, oh i did read uh great basin kingdom about the sugar beets in that leonard errington mm -hmm. anyway yeah so tonight tonight we are going to continue the odyssey of going through all of the church essays and we have how many have we covered you guys um we did the introduction and then we did um our mormons christian then we skipped ahead to mother in heaven to celebrate mother's day and now we're on becoming like god so technically this will be our third essay but we also explained in the introduction uh why the heck they were even written in the first place <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, fourth yeah. one, but third essay that we're covering. So fourth one, but third essay. Okay, this is yeah, the funnest one, I think. So we've got we've got <laughs> some uh, great stuff here. We we even there might even be some singing involved at some point. Uh oh, <laughs> radio radio free Mormon is counting. I see one and a two. I wonder if he's getting ready to slap us. Hey, there you go, oh, my friend. Uh, Do we know this guy? <laughs> he told me he was going to kill me if I showed this. So if I go missing, you guys know who. <laughs> carry on, Carrie. This, this is my warm up. I may not use this one. We'll see, but it's a great look. I forgot to show the photograph. I forgot the photograph. But anyway, yeah, that's that's uh, my way of honoring my very dear friends here on YouTube land. You all are awesome, and I love all of you. And we're going to have a superhero poster that will be second to none, I promise. Barring any unforeseen circumstances, I am sincerely hoping to be done by the end of the year, and we will have it printed out. It will be full color. We are going to have hero bodies and, and you know, like like Wonder Woman bodies for the gals and fabulous outfits, and we're going to show cleavage and spittle and all that. <laughs> we're going to show muscles and brains, and so, uh, yeah. So we are going to have a boatload of fun. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be a true Avengers style. Yeah. We're going to do it in, in honor of RFM because that is his favorite group of superheroes. And so we are going to, I'm going to have to, I, I mean, there's, there's about 30 of us right now. Uh, I'm going to have to get creative and invent costumes. So any help, any suggestions or ideas, I'm wide open for it. But, and then what I want to do ultimately sometime next year is we're going to have all of us in this superheroes poster fighting all of the apologists and the brethren and I'll caricature all of them. And we'll be, you know, swords and shields and spears and bows and arrows and machine guns. <laughs> You know, stuff like that. So we'll give RFM the nuclear bomb button and we'll go from there. So lots of fun stuff in the future. So, okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's get started on this. You guys have, uh, 
have done a tremendous amount of, of work. And you brought something up interesting to me just the other night while we were talking that I, I just, I had, it just did not register. So I want to bring this up because it's subtle. And if anything, rather than being revelatory and open, the church has become very subtle. And they titled this essay, Becoming Like God, Not Becoming Gods and Goddesses. Very interesting. You'll bring, we'll bring this out as we go along, but I just want to bring that up, out, up front, that uh, when you're studying Mormonism, you are studying very clever people. They are learning how to manipulate the words in such a way. And you will see this tonight. Landon and Rebecca have hit a grand slam. We have found a new villain, and he used to be a hero. So let's go ahead and get started, you guys. Uh, who, which one of you want to start taking it away? And here we go. Pull up the first slide, and we will oh, get going yes. here. Oh, him again? Or that uh, one slide. again. RFM, get off our screen, young man. I can do that all him. night. I know. He, I, I, he, he told me when I showed it to him, he said, too much forehead. Too. I had the forehead way up where the top of his hairline was, so I shrunk it down a little bit. But what I'm trying to do is show the man who has so much brain. The, the massive brain. Right? I mean, yeah. oh, look at yeah. that yeah. power. The okay, superpower okay. right there. The superpower, I'm telling you. Yep. We're going to emulate him. He's going to think Look, all of us wait, to death. Guaranteed. Wait till you see the tights I put him in with his belly hanging <laughs> over. Oh, no, no, I wouldn't do that. Is this from an actual <laughs> picture you have? Or is this from your imagine? I mean, I'm just, I just have to ask. <laughs> he, he's in better shape than I am. I'm the fat dork. i got to get with it, man, before I pose. Okay. Whew. All right. I wow. forgot the topic now. We're having so much fun. So, all right. Well, as everybody knows, this is our series on the Gospel Topics essay, essays, where we kind of follow along with this book, the LDS Gospel Topics series, um, written by uh, different scholars kind of weighing in on the different essays. So the one that we're talking about tonight, and as Carrie brought up, it's called Becoming, even though our slide is a little off for some reason, uh, Becoming Like God. And this is why we titled um, our presentation tonight, Like Becoming Like God. Well, we also titled it this because as you see in the picture on the left, that's a valley girl. For those of you that don't know what that is, um, I was Yeah, baby. Exactly. <laughs> I was one. In the mid, oh, I'm sorry, I'm being told there's feedback. Hold on, just is that minute. you in your youth? Uh, it is actually a picture of me, absolutely. I mean, that's got sass and oomph, and it's you know, not that's actually not a picture it. of me. And the hair, the hair, and the ponytail. The I, hair that is, is so you look at that hip going out. I mean, that's right. honey, you happening, mama. You I, happen. I'm doing it so sorry. I'm, I'm fixing my feedback here. Apologize to oh, everyone okay. very quickly is it yours for or some mine? reason. There is some kind of feedback here. Landon, why don't you go ahead and just take the first slide till I can get myself fixed here. If it doesn't fix yours, I'll shut my mic off and turn it back on. That's okay, what happened. That can work too. I'm going to do that right now real quick. Okay. Always technical difficulties. How's that? Is that better? Nope. I still hear a little bit of feedback. Okay. I, what do you think? I, I think you're wonderful. Go ahead and then we can fix it. 
Can yeah, we? yeah. Why don't, as long as it's right. not annoying, let's ask our listeners. I, I don't hear feedback? the feedback. I don't hear the feedback out here. So okay. Does anybody in the chat hear feedback, or is it just me? That's all we get in chat is feedback. Somebody answer. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know the G. I agree. All right. Well, nobody's know, telling me they're hearing G. feedback. Proceed Becoming G-string like God. We have the stamp of approval from, from Doug Vincent. All right. Oh, there so we go. We thought the key to this sort of was like. So, you know, like I like it, as I spent a whole year as a valley girl in 1982, I would probably say something like, Oh my god, like becoming like God. It's so gnarly, right? That's how I talk. So, like is I know it's so funny. Like, you had to live through gnarly. the 80s. You can't describe them, you just had to be there. Oh, now someone is saying there is a little bit of feedback, but it's okay. Okay. I'm really sorry if it's me. Heck, right? I might be seeing your superhero outfit right there. Ooh, that, you know what? You I would be more than happy to be in that outfit. So. All right. So, so the point behind this is kind of that all of us want to know in this essay, can I become a god? Will I get my own planet? Will I create a world? Will I be a goddess? And instead of addressing that question, which we all know that's the question we want addressed, they change the title of the essay very subtly and they say, becoming like God. They don't even answer the question that we're all asking. And it's a very subtle maneuver and we've seen them do this before. So now they control the narrative of the question and they can give their own answer. They're just dismissing what's really on everybody's mind. Am I gonna get my own dang planet? <laughs> Don't don't make me leave this church because you refuse to give me my point. It's going to help me a little bit. There we go. Hold on. Everybody, it's always something. Okay. Let's see. All right. Landon, you can go ahead and take the next slide while I get my tech figured okay. out. Okay. Let's go ahead and go to the next slide then, Carrie. Okay. So I think 2006, does everyone... Uh, uh, does everyone remember uh, Michael Jordan and the uh, and the commercial? I think it was Gatorade. Be, become like Mike. That's exactly what they're doing here. Obviously, when they say, you know, I want to be like Mike, nobody's thinking that they're going to be a you know six-time NBA. Uh, you know, they just mean, oh, I want to be a, a a competitor, a driven, something like that. And I think that's what they meant when that's what they're going for by saying like God there. They're going to say you're like him, but you're not exactly him. And they're trying to point us that that way. So all of us who grew up, you know, basically in the in the 70s, 80s, 90s, we all knew that we were going to become a god. We all knew that we were going to get a planet. So the question is, you know, why did we think this? Are, are, are we are, are we all screwed up and thinking that we were taught something that we weren't? Uh, so the first part of this, we want to go over why did we think that and and go from there. So. Um, first, we've got a Trexmo meme. We can't do anything with. Uh, we can't not do it. Sorry. Trexmo thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best part of the talk right here. Elder Spock and Elder Kirk saying, we'd like to share a message about how you too can have your very own planet. And then, of course, shh, Elder Spock, we don't say that anymore. So why did that change or why did we think that? And why did it hey, change? Hey, who came up with this? Do you know who did this one? Uh, oh, did you really stand up and think about yep. Give her full credit. I, I do like 95% of them. Yeah, it's me. Sorry. Uh, uh, no, no, no apologies. Problem. And Landon does the rest. Landon is amazing because he was never a Star Trek fan. He doesn't know what the hell is going on. 
but he still, he still makes joins good in man. the fun. That's exactly I, I right. I can still take a picture and make something out of it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> there the, you go. that's the beauty of it. There so, you go. So we're going to hit, why did we think all this? So uh, let's go to the next slide. And first off, the early prophets in the church, they all taught this. So this is this is nothing new. And it, it's amazing that we want to try to go uh, away from this. Uh, so on this slide, and you'll notice the art there uh, on the right. That's also one of Carrie's drawings. I uh, wanted to point that out. That's that locket that uh, oh, it is. Yeah. we had. Yeah. And uh, Carrie drew that as well. And so that's- I just recently did that yeah. Oh, you guys Amazing. put that in there. Oh, you're too nice. We did. You're incredible, Carrie. You. You're so talented. I quit. Okay, tell me more. <laughs> and we didn't want any copyright infringement. So. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. Well, I'm going to start drawing all of my own drawings. I whenever, say, I do, whenever I do BYP response from now on, I'm going to do caricatures of the brethren I respond to. Get ready. All the better. So let, let, let's go through some of the early prophets and some of their early sayings. So so Joseph Smith here, and, and we highlighted in black the, the areas where he said something uh, specifically regarding this. And you can see Joseph Smith said, you have got to learn how to be gods yourself. Well, that's uh, straightforward. Pretty direct. Yeah, pretty, he said pretty it. straightforward. Um, again, he says it in another quote that you've got to learn how to be gods yourselves, to be kings and priests to God. Uh, then he goes on, and if uh, down there a little further, you see, and he says, until you arrive at the station of a God. So you're going to improve over time and capacity and learning until you arrive at the station of a God. So clearly, Joseph Smith is teaching this. Uh, what's Brigham Young? Oh, look, at, look at this and ascend right after that and ascend the throne of eternal power, the same as those who have gone before. Well, he's into the ascension motif there. That's a big subject, I'm telling you. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's no doubt that he's saying that that God also was a man here because he's saying of those who have gone before. So he's saying there's other people who've also become gods uh, prior to us. So yeah. uh, the, the teaching is pretty straightforward here. Um, Brigham Young said the Lord created you and me for the purpose of becoming gods like himself to become gods like unto our Father in heaven. Uh, so clearly we're going to be gods in Brigham Young's mind. Lorenzo Snow, uh, this is the one that we all uh, all of, are very familiar with. As man now is, God once was. As God now is, man may be. Uh, so very clear that God was once a man and that man can become a god. And then uh, Lorenzo Snow again uh, says uh, that basically that we will uh, progress and that we'll, um, uh, let's see, be able to go out into space where there is unorganized matter and call together the necessary elements and through their knowledge of and control over the laws and powers of nature to organize matter into worlds on which their posterity may dwell and over which they shall rule as gods. Including a planet of marshmallows and chocolate, baby. Chocolate. <laughs> we are superheroes. So, no, and I just like to point out, you know, in fact, I'd like to ask everybody in the chat, did you not, like I did, learn this in class yeah. at church? I remember an activity in, in primary where we colored our own world. I was inventing animals and coloring. I mean, this was a very real thing. It just was. You learned it at home, at in class, and you heard it over the pulpit. It just was. 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. So early profits is one of the reasons we know this. Another reason we know it is the curriculum manuals. Um, so here we've got. Uh, now, now this isn't the stuff they were hiding from us, you guys. This is yeah. the curriculum manuals. This is the open stuff. Yeah, this yeah. is right what we had in church. In fact, this one is, is 2011 um, gospel principles where it says we would become heavenly parents and have spirit children just as he does. Uh, so, you know, we're going to be in that heavenly parent role, which would be which would be God's if you're going to have spirit children. Um, Gospel Fundamentals, uh, 2001, they will receive everything our Father in Heaven has and will become like Him. Again, we're, we're to the like, and we'll see where this kind of starts, starts permeating in. They will even be able to have spirit children and make new worlds for them to live on. So you're going to make planets. You're going to have new world to live on. No, no question about it. It's right there in gospel fundamentals. It doesn't get any more complicated. It's gospel fundamentals, gospel principles that are teaching us this. Um, they, they, they hide polygamy and teach this stuff openly. That's oh, absolutely. And I can't, I, I, can't get the, I can't get the bottom of that slide, Landon. I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Our, it looks like when you converted to PDF, some of them changed format a little bit. So, uh, this one actually comes from uh, teachings of president of the church, George Albert Smith. Um, okay. And this was 2011. 2011. Uh, you know, Another 2000. So see, ago, that's just, yeah. yeah, that's just 12 yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah. And then here it says, as man is, God once was, and as God is, man may become. It is not unrighteous for us to hope that we may be permitted to partake of the attributes of deity. And if we are faithful to become like unto God. Um, well, and it also says, part we can see, holding out to us the power of endless progression and increase. And with that feeling and that assurance, we believe that as man is, God once was, because he's obviously a very progressed human. Obviously, God did not delve in politics on his planet. And as God is, man may become. So, there. I mean, that's, yeah, that's straightforward, man. It's yeah, very we're, straightforward. We're, and that points out to me why they purged uh, several years ago all the ward and stake libraries, right? All the manuals are gone. Everything's taken out. And now why they're going to just the one manual, right? So much easier to control because this stuff, it seeps in. You can't control all of it. So now just one message, one manual, age three to 110. And that's all you need. And it's not going to say that you get your marshmallow and chocolate planet, Carrie. It's not going to tell you not that. not going to be there. <laughs> Well, I'm depressed. I know. I'm sorry. And, and and I hope we notice some of these as God once was quotes because they're they're kind of appearing everywhere in the curriculum mm -hmm. and the early prophets. Uh, Through not, time, too, because that one quote was 2001. These two were 2011. So this happened over a period of decades. It wasn't just a once off in 1964. And the original saying was from 1840. So we've got oh, from, 1840, yeah, from 1840 yeah. all the way exactly. to, to 2011. And Joseph Smith appropriated it from Lorenzo Snow. I can just kind of picture how it went. He's like, damn, that is good. I'm, good. Can I use that, Elder Snow? <laughs> Would you mind if I use that in the King Follett address? Okay, really? I don't good. think Joseph That's asked. He said, oh, I, I received the revelation. Yeah. You are to yeah. let me use that. You are speaking, you know, through the Lord in my voice. I'm taking it. Yeah, a lot of people don't even realize that Lorenzo Snow is the one that that had a vision, actually, and saw that entire, you know, everything unfold that led to that particular 
couplet, as it's later called. Yes. And then it starts. Oh, you mean it wasn't time. Joseph Smith receiving a catalyst? Actually, yeah. Lorenzo Snow was his catalyst. Uh, yeah, Lorenzo yeah. Snow was the catalyst. He, he That's was exactly the catalyst right. for it. Yep. So we also have modern prophets teaching it. It's not just, uh, oh, this is Joseph Fielding Smith. He said, we will become gods and have jurisdiction over them, worlds. Uh, that's in Doctrines of Salvation. Uh, Spencer W. Kimball uh, said, we shall need all of the accumulated secular knowledge in order to create worlds and furnish them. So that sure sounds like we're getting planets and worlds. Uh, again, and Spencer, furniture and furniture. Yeah, we, we get <laughs> I'm on board with that <laughs> celestial interior decorators. I hope I can find some antiques. They're valuable. Um, again, Spencer W. Kimball uh, says we'll develop a kingdom over which you will preside as its king and God. Uh, Spencer Kimball had a lot uh, whereby we might obtain perfection and eventually godhood. Uh, doesn't get any any uh, clearer than than what he's stating uh so we've got we've got so far we've got early prophets we've got curriculum manuals we've got modern prophets telling us this what do the scriptures tell us about this um there well, is a couple, there is a couple places in the scriptures where it's referenced um one is our favorite uh, section doctrine and covenants 132 the one on uh, eternal yes. marriage and polygamy um, uh, and basically he talks about if a man marries a wife and they're sealed uh, and whatnot, he says, therefore, they shall be from everlasting to everlasting because they continue. Then shall they be above all because all things are subject unto them. Then shall they be gods. So right there in the scripture. Saying, that's right in 132. Huh? Yep. Section 132. I wonder how Hinkley got past that. Oh, sorry. I'm giving the game away yeah, so yeah yeah he got, he got by that one and, and of course you know no one believes section 132 anymore we've kind of thrown that one out uh but doctor and covenant right. section 76 uh they are they who are priests and kings who have received of the fullness of his glory they are gods uh so again well, pretty straightforward pretty straightforward and, and i would point out that to go along with 132 does anybody remember what they tell you in the sealing ceremony when you are married it's very similar. I know it's probably triggering to think back for some of us to that, but um, I actually wrote it down because I couldn't remember it, but it said, I seal upon you the blessings of kingdoms, thrones, principalities, powers, dominions, and exaltations. It certainly sounds like if you are to marry, like in 132, you're going to get some really cool powers, right? Some superpowers and, and be a god. I wonder, maybe I, maybe I should put Jesus and Elohim in our poster, too. <laughs> Who, which side did the thing they're side? on? Yeah. I'm not sure. We could put them on the fence. We could make them neutral. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, the, the great part here is, so as we just said, early prophets, curriculum manuals, modern prophets, scriptures, they all taught this up to a point. Then the church seemed to start to go away from this. Um, so let's go to the next I slide. Why. I mean, this is like winning the sweepstakes, though. I mean, to go away from this is just oh, it, 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 well, it's, it's the Mormon doctrine that everyone's like, oh, this is great. We're going to become gods. We're going to create our own worlds. This is the fun. Right. This is the fun part of Mormon. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm well, glad besides the roadshow. <laughs> yeah, and besides the roadshow, I'm glad we put this together because it makes you realize I'm not crazy. I did not misunderstand no. this. 
This was in every aspect of our lives. I mean, I remember being at BYU and there was a uh, Sunday school class and a guy was teaching it. And he said, now, men, if we're not faithful, all of our women will be given to someone else and you won't be able to make your planet. Yeah. I mean, this was what they were talking about back in the day. It was just common knowledge. People were talking about it, planning their planets, planning the women they would have on the planets. It was what it was all about. You, you clearly can't can't have planets without without women. You got to have women to have the planets. It seems to be a theme, right? It... <laughs> what else would you do on the planet if you didn't have the women, right? I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> <sighs> we're having too much fun with this. Honey, what are you doing today? Oh, I've got to clean the planet. Okay. I got to clean the planet. Go ahead and go to work. In the vacuum, right? That's the old <laughs> stupid That's solar the old wind that blew planet. through last night, and now my whole planet's dusty. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, let's let's go to the next one. Uh, President oh, Hinckley comes along, and and all of a sudden, you know, from the Spencer W. Kimball, we're going to become gods. We all of a sudden get. I don't know that we teach it. Uh, so President Hinckley's entered the chat. We start seeing a little bit of a different scenario coming from President Hinckley. He starts teaching things a little less clear than the, the predecessors. And this all- now, I, oh, Don't ahead. you think it's because in Hinckley's era, he started to use the press, shine a spotlight. Mormons became more known. He was going, he was doing the press junket. I mean, I think people started to realize now who, who are they and wait, what is it they believe? So I think we were more in the national spotlight then just a little. And, and if I may add to that, that is a very excellent observation. Um, it is, uh, unfortunately, it is in Hinckley's administration that they began to stop talking about their finances with the government and they fake they made all those 13 fake companies and so on and so forth that went through three different first presidency administrations and it just if anything upset me about the sec besides all of it is <laughs> is who began it him and he was yeah. my dad's very favorite and yeah. i had to admit even you, you know this guy was an administrator. I, he was called when he was 35. I mean, he spent literally his whole life in church leadership, and he really did run the show when everybody else was getting so flipping old that they went, you know, Alzheimer's uh, yeah. way and they could not function. This man was carrying the load of the entire first presidency's and all, but it's during his administration that he began to chase the money. Yeah, he was one of my, I'll admit, he was my favorite uh, prophet when I, you know, when I was in. And uh, sure, sure. I, I think he had, he was folksy, he was down to earth. Uh, but I've I've later come to learn that he was you know he was a public affairs guy is where he yeah. where he got his start for the church he was and yeah. he really knew how to spin a story and he really yeah. knew how to uh, make people fall in love with him while gaslighting them basically uh, you see it with his <laughs> Mountain Meadows uh, talk you know that yeah. he convinced well, nobody yeah. knew about it you know uh, yeah. he, he he's pretty convincing. Uh, when you see him, but we're going to, we're going to show some of the discrepancies that we see uh, that yeah. show his ability to 
uh, to do that, to change. The, the main error that he made with all of the brethren and Spencer Kimball is uh, when the Hoffman forgery was there, Kimball picked yeah. up a magnifying glass. And I think behind the scenes, Hinckley was trying to, under the table, shove him the seer stone. So yeah. you got to make this look good, man. That magnifying glass is the wrong thing. But it well, was too late. The photographer took the picture. So there we yeah. have it. That was it. He definitely cultivated that folksy personality. You know what I mean? The leaning on yeah. the pulpit and the kindly, yeah. the cane and the twinkle in the eye. I know I used yeah. to love him too, but now I see it was very carefully crafted. I see it that way yeah. now and it worked. People it was still orchestrated. Yep. He was the was loving grandfather giving you grandfatherly yep. advice. Uh, yep. Stand for something, you know, his yep. book. Where yeah, you listen to him and pain. you said, oh, the wisdom of a of, of a grandfather type, you know, yeah. compared to you, you listen to Russell Nelson and you don't feel that there's a grandfather figure there or somebody yeah. wise yeah. there. It's more, yeah. I don't know, I, I, I get someone with an ego from Nelson, but what? he was very sincere and humble and it seemed like he, yeah. he was really talking right to you. So. Well, I mean, he, he does deserve the credit, but he did take us from a peculiar people to just weird now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's well, his legacy right there. <laughs> well, well, let's, okay. let's go to, let's go to the next slide and see some of the things that he did. Uh, now, this is early on in his career, isn't it? This is what he was teaching when he was really before the, uh, all the hoopla with the TV, wasn't it? Yeah. I well, think this is 94. Is that 94, right? Landon? And this one of the things we noticed is that he talks differently to the members than he does to the press. And obviously we all know that, that the Who'd prophets and don't, they rarely speak to the press or they rarely speak to outside people or give interviews. Hinckley kind of broke that rule in 97. He, he really went on a, a press tour uh, and, and started talking. Uh, but here he is addressing the members in, uh, in 1994 and, uh, it's kind of small on on this screen here, but uh, Carrie, can you can you read it? <laughs> and we're all like, "What?" Oh, hold on, let me bring my screen. <laughs> oh, now you're gonna see my wrinkle. Holy! Crap. If, if you can't, Rebecca, you've got it printed out, don't you? Hold on. No, here no, I. No, that was it. the part oh. I couldn't print okay. out. So don't even. I can barely okay. even see that those are words. Okay, <laughs> I will. I will. You you lip sync and I'll read it, Rebecca. <laughs> Our enemies have criticized us for believing in this. Our reply is that this lofty concept in no way diminishes God, the eternal father. He is the almighty. He is the creator and governor of the universe. He is the greatest of all and will always be so. But just as any earthly father wishes for his sons and daughters Hold on, I got a blink. Every success. Every success in life. <laughs> so, I believe our Father in heaven wishes for his children that they might approach him in stature and stand beside him resplendent in godly strength and wisdom. Now, this is a conference report in October 1994. And then on the other side, uh, the one where his ear is bigger. On, <laughs> on the other hand, or on the other ear, the whole design of the gospel is to lead us toward, or onward and upward, onward and upward, brethren, to greater achievement. 
even eventually to Godhood. Well, that's pretty straightforward, isn't there it, you it guys? Is. This great possibility was enunciated by the Prophet Joseph Smith in the King Follett Sermon. See teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, 542 to 62. Now we have the Joseph Smith Papers. And, emphasize, and emphasized by President Lorenzo Snow, it is this grand and in, it is this grand and incomparable concept as God now is, man may become. Oh, wait a minute. There's something missing, though. Exactly. Yes. Uh, uh, subtle. Like I said, subtle. These guys are subtle. subtle. Yeah. We, if we remember previously, it was as uh, as man as now man is, is, God is. once was. And he he kind of left that out. That first He's left time. out the chiasmus, hasn't he? Yeah. That's yeah. right. It's been been left out. So there's a, there's a slight twist here. He's st still saying we can become gods. But he, he kind of took out the part about God being a man uh, before. God becoming us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I think they're starting to realize that that is crazy bat, you know what, concept that other Christians are going to go, wait, wait, wait. We draw the line there. Yeah, doo doo. That's exactly it. So, so that's so far in outer space that I think they're starting to realize that they can't be going around saying that in public anywhere. Yeah, that's that, interesting. Absolutely. So 1997, Hinckley goes on a press tour, and I think because he was a PR expert uh, that uh, he felt he could probably get away with this. Uh, during that year, he did a couple interviews with newspapers, Time Magazine, uh, Larry King Live. Uh, he, he went on several shows. So um, here he is uh, in, in the press. And the first one in 1997, he was interviewed by the San Francisco Chronicle. And uh, the reporter, um, the, the article was called Musings of the Main Mormon. I thought that was kind of a cool, <laughs> cool title. <laughs> the Main um, Mormon. <laughs> now, this is interesting because it just dawned on me. 1997 was the year that I first got on the Internet. And oh, within yes. two years, we had founded FAIR. So I was on the Internet by this time. I was behind the scenes on more or less just news not not necessarily news groups, but different individual people on email lists. But I was getting the hang of it, so that's kind of interesting. Well, this okay, this, sorry. This interview was was really quite revealing because uh, you know those who are familiar with Mormon uh, doctrine, uh, it, it kind of raises a few questions here. The reporter, the Q hears the reporter's questions, he hears the answer from from President Hinckley. So the question: There are some significant differences in your belief, for instance. Don't Mormons believe that God was once a man? Now, if we go back to the teachings we just went through, the scriptures, the curriculum, the, uh, you know, I think it's pretty clear that that's what we taught. Uh, his but, own conference address just his, a few his own years, conference earlier. Address three yes. years earlier. Uh, his answer, I wouldn't say that. There's a little couplet coined, as man is, God once was, as God is, man may become. Now, that's more of a couplet than anything else. That gets into some pretty deep theology that we don't know very much about. So the guy questions him a little bit deeper. So you're saying the church is still struggling to understand this? And he says, well, as God is, man may become. We believe in eternal progression very strongly. We believe that the glory of God is intelligence and that whatever principle of intelligence we obtain in, unto in this life, it will rise with us in the resurrection. Knowledge learning is an eternal thing, and for that reason, we stress education. We're trying to do all we can to make our people the ablest, best, brightest people that we can. 
Well, by lying to that. us about history so that we leave. Yeah, did, didn't, he spit, <laughs> didn't he twist that for, from somehow it went what to... What a twist. Do you understand uh, the, how to become a god? And he said, oh, we, we're strong supporters of education. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the reporter's like, you answered it perfectly. Exactly. <laughs> no, what I love about this is how he just, and I can just see him all folksy. Oh, that's an amusing little couplet. Just a nursery rhyme, right? Completely dismisses it. Not that it's something that yeah. your founding prophet said over and over and you taught for, you know, a century and a half. Yeah, he just dismisses it. He knows how to just poo-poo. You know, it's yeah, nothing. Yeah. Just flip, flip back one. Flip back one, Carrie. Yeah. Yeah. Very bottom right there. Right. In his as God now is, man may become. Uh, so he, he actually like is this grand and incomparable concept. concept. Yep. Yeah. Now go back. Go it's back. Go back to the other <laughs> one. Uh, the 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 next slide. Uh, here it's just a. It's it's a nice little couplet that was. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't we say that we teach it. that. No, we Boy, don't know anything about do it. Do we have a traitor in our midst? Well, <laughs> I I think some of the I think some of the membership actually questioned that. Yeah, uh, and, and we'll get into that. We'll for get sure. into that. That's, that's yeah. right. Is what's our next slide? No Is it the kidding. Couplet? I'm still questioning it, and I don't even go to their <laughs> church anymore. <laughs> There's a lot to question. A lifetime worth of things to question. So, so yeah, let, here we let's go. Let's talk about the, the, the little couplet. Um, yeah, this was interesting when you told me this. I love this. Yeah, this couplet actually came from Lorenzo Snow, but it didn't come from Lorenzo Snow, the prophet. Uh, it came, he just barely joined the church. I think he yeah. was going on a mission and uh, he got, he, he basically had a dream where he said the heavens were open to him and he saw the progress of man and he saw that how they would become and where they would go and how God became who he is. And he basically describes it as everything was laid out before him. And he knew that this was how things uh, would, would be in the future or, you know, the eternal plan of exaltation. Uh, but of course he wasn't the prophet uh, at the time. And so he coined this phrase uh, on his own and he took it to his sister, Eliza, uh, and he never Our shared Snow. With but <laughs> Eliza Snow, his his sister. Smith um, Young. Smith Young, yeah. <laughs> I always like to make that clear. <laughs> and Eliza Young, Webb Deming, Johnson. Exactly. Yeah. As we all know from the Mormonism Live last night, the many wives of Joseph Smith. Oh my gosh, yeah. that was good. Um, and, and so he goes to Joseph Smith and he lays this all out to him after he came back from his mission. He, he met Joseph and he, he told him to that. And of course, uh, Joseph says, oh, yes, uh, it's all true. It's all true. What you've seen is absolutely true. And then he teaches it in the King Follett sermon. So it, it, it almost appears without that he, credit given without credit. Yes. He, he almost yeah. uh, seems like he took this idea fr from. Lorenzo Snow, and it's so unlike Joseph. Well, Smith, he, he took his Bible ideas from Adam idea. Clark. Yeah. yeah, he took his <laughs> ideas from the Bible from Adam Clark. And yeah. Yeah, we could make a list. The The Gospel Topics essay, though, uh, makes a, 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 a kind of a disclaimer. Uh, they That's say the only, mention, the only mention of the first part of the little couplet, which is important, I think. Yeah, that the, the God was once a man. They say little has been revealed about the first half of this couplet and consequently little is taught. 
Uh, you know, yeah. evidently Lorenzo Snow said he it was completely open to him. He saw everything. So he clearly had seen everything and knew what God had been before and, and it was unveiled to him. But for some reason, uh, it hasn't been revealed to anybody else. We we just know that God was once a man and that's all we know. And so they say nothing else is taught on this uh, concept, um, which technically is true. I guess they they don't tell you what God's name was. They don't tell you what planet he was on or anything like that. I, I think his name was Bert. But that's Bert. Just- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Phil. Phil. He was probably a plumber on, on somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> well, that gets into the crazy area of multiple more, more mortalities and plural probations which Landon and yeah. I are doing an episode on Mormonish on, because the concept is that you would be, you'd go through all the um, life, you'd be Jesus on yeah. one planet. And that, maybe you'd be Moses, you'd work your way up. Concept. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? And, and that was being explored that, I think in the that's far better. I think that's yep. far better than just this one shot. You don't do it yep. here, you're done. Uh, I think reincarnation makes vastly more sense. Yep. Or this well, they were delving in, especially Joseph. I'm looking in into that. Church. Yeah. Yep. No, it's some. really yeah. fascinating. Well, I see RFM comparing himself to Midnight Mormons. Uh, oh, oh, as, oh my God. Well, as, as, as Midnight M-M Mormons, RFM never was. As RFM is, they don't have a chance. Amen. Of course, he's going to appropriate the couplet. RFM. Of course, he is. <laughs> Or Mickey Mouse, yeah, either one. That's, or Mickey Mouse, maybe that's what it is. Just uh-oh, in case you uh-oh. don't know, there's the man. I'm just saying. Be careful in I'm, the chat. He may flash a picture of you. Be very don't careful. Don't forget who's speaking here. Not, hey, no, I could even right. do, I could even do the Midnight Mormons caricatures. Oh my gosh, that you have to do that. Have them with their bulletproof vests. Oh my gosh, oh, dude. There you go. Hey, wait. Yeah. Let's oh boy, now the wheels are. All right, let's keep going. Okay. You know what, Landon? I actually have this one printed out. You it's can read like it. The only one I do. Can oh, I read awesome. this one? Go for it. I have to read them <laughs> so all because Rebecca like I can't can read them. Because <laughs> I can't see, dang it. These reading glasses are for decorative purposes only. They hold my hair on my head. So <laughs> I could get another pair, but that would just be weird. Okay. So he gives this address. And then a few months later, he talks to Time Magazine. This is in August of 1997. And I think this is a more well-known statement by President Hinckley. And RFM asked me to remind everybody about something, which I will after we finish this, because it is very interesting. So this is in Time Magazine. And the reporter said, and it was the, the interview was called uh, Mormons, Inc., America's Most Prosperous Religion. Wow, this was decades ago, and they're already thought of the most prosperous religion. Wow, so the reporter says, the I know, I know. The reporter says, uh, just another related question that comes up is the statement in the King Follett discourse by the prophet. And President Hinckley says, and it just says, yeah. I can't, I don't know if he went, yeah, or yeah, or I'm not sure how he said it. But he said, I, yeah. I got the impression he said, yeah. yeah. Or like, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we he, said that. It, it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many different ways you could say it, but unfortunately, yeah, it's only in print. Yeah, and so yeah. it says, yeah, exactly. So then uh, the reporter continues and he says, about that. No good question comes after you say about that, right? That's never good. Uh, so God the Father was once a man as we were. This is something that Christian writers are always addressing. Is this the teaching of the church today? That God the Father was once a man like we are. So he's addressing that first part of the couplet. So here's what President Hinckley says. 
I don't know that we teach it. I don't know that we emphasize it. I haven't heard it discussed for a long time in public discourse. I don't since know. My last, since my I, last conference talk. Yeah, exactly. Well, then he says again, six, I... Six conference talks before, but... <laughs> he says again, well, he is getting older. He says yeah. again, I don't know. And again, I don't know all the circumstances under which the statement was made. I understand the philosophical background behind it, but I don't know a lot about it. And once again, say it with me. I don't, I, know I don't know that others know a lot about it. We've got like wow. six or seven I don't knows and we've got an I haven't heard of it. So now I a lot of know. people, and I'd like to ask this in the chat, how many of you thought, I don't know that we teach it, was said live on Larry King? I thought that. Landon thought that. A lot of us thought that. So late one night, like Landon and I are researching, we're struggling with it. We're like, we're reading the entire Larry King transcript, trying to find it because, you know, sources, really important. So finally, we went to the ultimate source, RFM, and we texted him. We said, where the hell is this? We can't find it. We're tired of reading... <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry that I got the picture put back up just by mentioning your name. I, I really apologize. <laughs> I'm going to talk to the controller of this program if he don't knock yeah, it off. Not us. We're not doing it. It has a life of its own. Anyway, so he said, yeah, it, it was not. And he said it's something called Mandela effect, which you guys have all probably heard of, where it's like a mass delusion, you know, sort of like being in the church all these decades. And it's like a, a mass delusion where we all feel like I really felt like I saw that on air, but that is not what happened. He he wrote it. We read it in a Time magazine article, but a lot of people thought that he actually said it. Regardless of how it got out, he said, I don't know, six or seven times. He said, I haven't heard of it. Um, completely backpedaling to the extreme of what we just heard him say in conference. So this has yeah. got to make a lot of people really confused to hear your prophet get up in front, you know, get up or I, again. I said, get up in front. He did not. He was not on the news. Say this in a national magazine that, no, I, I don't know where you'd get that idea. That isn't anything that we, we talk about. So that was one of the most interesting takeaways of doing the research on this, I think. Yeah. Kat, Kat said she remembered seeing it. Um, and, yeah, see? and I swore I remembered seeing it too. Me too. I, I know the cover. Yeah. I've seen the cover. It looks in fact, real. The book, the book here even references the transcript from the Larry King interview. The book says that he was on it, Larry we, King. We hey, Caden Sedona. Doing word searches in it and everything trying to find Caden Sedona says I was working Larry King live message board as a moderator when he said it. Oh, okay. We had to watch the show while we moderated. So yeah, he did say it on Larry King live. I remember that, but I was not aware that he said it to, in Time Magazine first. Yeah, Thanks so for sharing that, Caden. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he said That's it on crazy. Larry King Live. He, he must well. have been saying it a lot. We'll have to look at the transcript again because we went over it three or four yeah, times. We, we could never find it. We could not find. find it. Yep. Really? Yeah, we could no. not find it anywhere. Larry King, everyone saying so, Larry I don't know. King Live, and that's what we thought as well, but we sure couldn't find it in the transcript. Yeah, RFM, weigh in again. What do you think? Because we looked through the transcript, we put it through word search. We couldn't huh. even find that question asked. So anyway, yeah, he was on Larry King more than once. Yeah, Doug he is saying. said it in a different, different one, and that's than the, true. Than the he one could we have said it another time if, they, if he was on more than once. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so he may, right. may have said that. Either way, he he basically said, "I don't know that we teach it." Uh, so if he Several did say times. it on Larry King live, he said it twice. Twice he yeah. said, "I don't know that we teach that." And yeah. and remember, he just said that very statement in in. Uh, 
conference in 1994. Um, so, yeah. so let's go. Th this is in August. Here comes October General Conference, and Hinckley gets up there, and he feels like he owes the members. He, he, he's getting questioned about this, and he feels like he owes the members an answer. Um, You're damn you right. One, can you read that one, Rebecca? Uh, no, thanks a lot. You know I can't. I mean, I could, but everybody who would see it might know. It's my turn. It's my turn. Okay, Harry looks I'll much more attractive large close print, up. But, uh, <laughs> I'll save you this time, when Rebecca. When you're over 55, so I'm sorry. There's not much you can do about it. <laughs> okay, so here's what Hinckley says in the conference. I personally have been much quoted, no doubt, and in a few instances misquoted and misunderstood. I think that's to be expected. None of you need worry because you read something that was incompletely reported. Boy, you need not worry that I do not understand some matters of doctrine. I think I understand them thoroughly. Oh, in other words, now he's admitting he's being deceptive. And it is unfortunate that the reporter may not make this clear. The reporting may not make this clear. No, you were clear, all right. I hope you will never look to the public press as the authority on the doctrines of the church. And we aren't looking at you deceptive leaders anymore either, I might add. Yeah. That ticks me off. That ticks me off. This is his way of saying, I'm deceiving people. Don't you guys worry about it. I'm lying going for to... the Lord. He has to lie yeah. to the reporters because they wouldn't understand. You have to lie to wink, wink, the you guys out. know. Yeah, that's exactly it. He, he was misquoted and misunderstood by the press. Uh, I mean, he said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we <laughs> teach that. I, I'm not sure where they misreported that. Uh, yeah. It seems like it pretty well came out of his mouth that he didn't know and he didn't think we taught it and uh, that, that it wasn't really a doctrine of the church. But here he is two months later saying, oh, I know the doctrines. You know, I don't listen to the yeah, press. Listen worry. to your leaders. Although when your leaders go on the press, you don't need to listen to them uh, because they'll be misquoted and misunderstood. Uh, Heck, man, when the leaders talk in general conference anymore, they they mislead you. So when do we listen to them? Exactly. When when would you know when to believe them? This this is gaslighting at its fullest. He just told us, no, I we don't. We yeah. don't know that we teach that. He didn't seem to know anything. It's a nice little couplet, but now he's forcefully and gaslighting with fart gas. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Landon saying that. That's Steve McGill. That's right. Very <laughs> it stinks. It stinks. Something yeah, it's, it's clear that he's doing this. If you go to the next slide, it's kind of funny because uh, this, this is one I got off of. Uh, uh, 331ldsquotes.com, and they have a picture. And you notice here on the left, um, you know, they they have the two the two uh, things side by side. I don't know that we teach it. I don't know that we emphasize it. I haven't heard it discussed. And then they're on the the right. Uh, uh, you know, our enemies have criticized us for believing this, but it's the grand and incomparable concept as God now is, man may become. So he himself taught it. He himself over the pulpit in general conference. And yet when he's with the press, he doesn't seem to know anything about it. And he says, our enemies have criticized us for believing in this. And so what you do, he downplays it and says, oh, I don't know that we teach this. Well, you can't take a little bit of criticism, Gordon. <laughs> what a pansy.
Yeah, I, I oh, thought that the prophets were supposed to boldly and nobly, um, or is that Star Trek? One, one of them uh, yeah. supposed to nobly and boldly is inundated go now. That's right. <laughs> well, no, they're supposed well, to literally give their life for the cause. They're supposed to be martyrs. I mean, you stand up for the truth. You're supposed to be burned at the stake. You, you stand on the in. wall and take the arrows. That's right. Joan of Arc did not say, "I don't know that I believe it. I don't know. I don't know. Can I just go home? No, not at all. That's not what a prophet does or a representative of God." We don't like being criticized, so we're going to take away your planet. Well, the stupid thing is he doesn't realize that it's not his priesthood that's going to help me become a god anyway. So I am going to get my own planet, and it is going to be chocolate and marshmallow. Well, they, <laughs> I'm coming to visit. I think, yes, I think that they maybe believe that they're not going to get it from God, so they're now saving enough money to buy planet Earth. Uh, <laughs> That's it. Or a spaceship to get to planet Earth. Right? now, but in 10 years, planet. they may have it. Yep. That's why yep. they're investing all this money now. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Let, let's oh, go to the next, next one. Uh, speaking of nobly and boldly. Here we go. Right. Another Trek small. So I'm not going to become a god with 144 virgins after all. I don't even know who I am anymore. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty big letdown uh, going from Ew. being a god and forming your own planets to, I don't now, know that we teach that. Uh, we, here's here's nice another concept. <laughs> here's another meme you could put with that doctor. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a god. <laughs> I'm making that one tonight. Now as soon as we get off there, Jerry. <laughs> That's the Trexmo spirit. <laughs> That's the Trexmo spirit. Let's go to the next slide. So then we start. That's in testamentary fortitude or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> That's right. So now we see changes to the gospel uh, principles starting. Now it starts getting more sinister. And you yeah. see where we highlighted and where the lines have gone through. They started. They started really removing that first part that that uh, God was a man before. And so you see, you know, his children become like him, a God, and they removed a God. We just now become like him. We don't become a God. We just become like. See, him. subtle, subtle, well, and they don't do it all at once. They stretch it out over the years. That's what they've been doing with us on the history of the church. Uh, that's why I say it's so important. Oh, in, in, incidentally, um, I am going to have Dan Vogel on. We're going to be talking about his book this Sunday, but we are going to cover this stuff like this. It's so important to realize that they're just subtly changing things in the history to where the generation below us really don't get why we are so steaming out of our ears on some issues. And so we have to keep teaching. We have to keep sharing this information because just a couple of word changes, Mike at LDS discussions on uh, John DeLynn Mormon stories. I mean, they have like 40, 42, 43 videos right now. I am so seriously not kidding. You need to start at the very first one, Treasure Digging. They're each about two and a half hours and go through them step-by-step step systematically. It's equivalent to reading Dan Vogel's book on the, on the history of the church, which we will cover. But yeah, this is important. They subtly do this to where you're, you're bearing testimony on something that they didn't that they don't teach anymore. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. So 
yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent. Sorry. No, that's I, not a tangent. That's the point. Yeah, that's exactly the point. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. exactly the point. That's very good. Yeah, they do. This they makes me mad. In the, in the next yeah. paragraph there, this is the way our yeah. Heavenly Father became God. Oh, we got to remove that. We can't say Heavenly yeah. Father became a God. Yeah. He, he was always God. So this is 2009 uh, Gospel Principles. And I, I do see in the chat a lot of people are talking about the 60 Minutes interview yeah. with uh, Mike Wallace. And yeah, he, he talked to a lot of people. And that's why we were trying to look at the 60 Minutes, the Larry King, the yeah. Time, the San Francisco Chronicle. Um, so it looks like there's more than one Larry King that we may have looked at the transcript of a different yeah. one. Uh, but uh, yeah. It's Barry Richard says he likes you guys. Oh, awesome. We like you. <laughs> so Sorry. It was just my mother. I can put her on Your hold. Your mom, yeah, oh, put her on go hold. Ahead and take it, Gary. We'll just we'll just carry on. Go talk to mom. Come on. That's right. <laughs> if my mom were calling, it'd be saying, "Get off that program, you apostate." Well, your mother has called you openly an apostate to many people. So, and my Whoa. mother doesn't know I'm out. So, between the two of us, we're just the ends of the spectrum. Well, you think you have it rough. My mother doesn't even know me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, not knowing you and not claiming you are two different things, Carrie. <laughs> We're having way too much fun. I love you guys. Okay, let's get serious. Okay, so this, really. is, this is 2009, 2011, something big in church history happens. Who knows what that is? Who knows? And when? Who can guess? Who 2011, March of 2011. Shown a spotlight on the doctrine of getting your own planet in a big international way, especially in What happened, you guys? Come on, you guys in chat. Don't let us down. We're not going to go to the next slide until someone gets it. RFM, where are you? Everybody in the world started to understand that we believed we would get our own planet. Barry Richens, come on. You know this. Come on, Anybody know what happened? I'll, I'll give you a clue. Okay, here we go. It wasn't here. spoken. Hold on, show the next it, slide. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't given spoken. At no, it was not spoken. It was, it was not spoken. No, it, it was spoken. It was sung. It was sung. It was on the big stage. That's right. All right, go to the next slide. Nobody can next guess. Slide. Okay, here Maybe we go. Maybe they didn't Nobody see it. Nobody got it. Here we Nobody go. Nobody got it. Ready? Well, first show, one, first show the next slide. First show the next slide. Book of Mormon, the musical. Did anybody see it? Does anybody remember that one of the main We have become songs... famous. That's right. See, so the Holy thought... Ghost can only the Holy Ghost can only influence, say, what? A mere 10 million. These guys in one month got it out to a billion people. What yep. the church should have done is bought these guys to be the missionaries. Yep. Absolutely. That's exactly Absolutely. right. So the main song of this musical clearly belted out that we're all going to get our own planet. So if you're not familiar with this, that's right. Still on Broadway. I just saw it in LA um, a couple months ago. So we thought it would be fun to do some karaoke, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody get that? Yeah. So put your phones on. <laughs> Get your and Carrie crank up the volume. Okay. We're just going to sing that particular okay. part. You ready, Landon? Everybody sing well, at ready. home. We're I'm ready. ready. Everybody sing at home. Here everybody go. got your phone? Okay. We'll start a little before okay. that part so everybody can get it. Get your phone out. Carrie Oki. Okay. That's right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Go ahead, Carrie. Here we go. My worries free. Okay. Get ready. Show the Crank world it. What elder Here we go. About and share the power Follow the bouncing ball. Here we go. Me. Here we go. I believe that God has a plan for all of us. I am a Mormon. A Mormon That was better than I thought it would be. That was amazing. I hope everybody's playing along at home. That's right. But this song came out and they flat out belted it to the world. We all believe we're going to get our own planet. You can't buy PR like that, except for it was the wrong kind of PR. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was the truth. <laughs> yeah, we, we just saw this in December, didn't we? And, and yeah, boy, they really brought up some of the, you know, doctrines and made fun of it. And and it really made the church embarrassed, I think. Uh, yep. They saw some of this and they're like, Wow, the whole world is putting this thing that we that we have a that we all think we're gonna get a planet. We're gonna have to put that down <laughs> real quick. And so they did. Uh, they yep. actually very quickly. It. Yep, very quickly. So this goes to show you that if you really do want the church to change, shame the damn thing. That's it. Use their we need a musical. Them. <laughs> we need a yeah. musical called hundred. They want. Billion, they want to give right? us the bill. billion. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They want to give us guilt, not buying that shit. Let's give it back to them. Yeah. That's it. Interesting. But they definitely took note. I mean, they put missionaries outside, yeah. you know, because it was it was another Mormon moment, only not in the way that they wanted it. But that was one part of it. You know, some of our doctrine was belted out to everybody, especially this, which was some of the stranger, crazier doctrine. So if we can go to our next slide. How did they react? I mean, it was the sweepstakes. Yeah, yeah. These guys, what a bunch of coward poops <laughs> coward poops there you go so quick backpedaling very quickly very quickly and that's when we start to hear hey, i don't know where you guys thought that number one i don't know where book of Mormon the musical got that idea we certainly never talked about that and members i don't know where you got that idea either very quickly backpedaling yeah, let, let's go the next the next slide and well, we see I, that reminds me of me and my first companion. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's the bike we had. I bet you got a lot done. I can see it. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> so now yeah, they're this, on the offensive. Here, they're on the fence. Yeah, the they're offensive. on the, yeah. NBC News reports Mormons get on planet. Not so fast, church says. Uh this this is uh, actually just that headline. I'm sorry, just yeah. that headline alone. Are you kidding? Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> this is actually out of the church's website. This is the, the UK Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint. Uh, oh, uh, Nemo the Mormon would be proud. Yeah, yeah. but but it, it, they, they answer the question on their website. Do Latter-day Saints believe that they will get their own planet? No, this idea is not taught in Latter-day Scripture nor is it the doctrine of the church. This misunderstanding stems from speculative comments unreflective of scriptural doctrine. Mormons believe that we are all sons and daughters of God and that all of us have the potential to grow during and after this life to become like our Heavenly Father. The church does not and has never purported to fully understand the specifics of Christ's statement 
that in my father's house are many mansions. So, yeah. Again, you see see a kernel of truth because you can't find in the scriptures where it says that you're going to get your own planet. We can only find it in the early prophets, the curriculum, the modern prophets. Uh, That's where we find it. So evidently the old saying that, you know, what you hear over the pulpit at conference is scripture does not apply because they say it's not in the Latter-day Scripture, although we clearly have shown that that the prophets have spoken this in general conference and in their writings, that this is what would happen. So again, yeah. a play on words, uh, but they clearly straight up, you know, you say, can we become like God? And they hum and they hum and they, oh, we become like God. We get a divine nature. Do we get a planet? No. It, it, they can answer that one right away. Nope. <laughs> hey, hey, can I interject? I have uh, the BYU scholars, Thomas Wayman, his new translation from the Greek, wherein, and by the way, he is now dissing the King James Version on uh, Mormonism with the Murph and the Joseph Smith translation. He's, he's, he's really, uh, it's amazing what these guys are starting to do. Here's Tom Wayman's translation of Romans 8, 16 and 17. The Spirit itself testifies to our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we are children, then heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer jointly with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. So children of God become like their father. And and that's what but, that, but, that's what they but, say right children, here. Become like yes, but yep. children become fathers and mothers in some respect, some of them. So it's not that you can't become a father. So they're playing fast and loose with the scriptures, what I'm trying to say. Yes, technically on a very literalist, hypercritical look at this, this does not teach we shall become God. But the idea is definitely there if we suffer. Now, Paul was all about suffering for Christ, of course, to become like Christ and all. Joint heirs. What do you acquire from our biology, from our parents? You, We acquire parenthood. So, yes, I'm not my father, but I am a father. So they're playing fast and loose with this. There's nothing in here that says uh, we won't become gods. I, I just, I don't see it's manipulation like this that just, you know, this is why I do videos. I, this is why I like to stick with the scriptures and the Bible. I'm going to tell my audience right now. I know a lot of you don't really like my biblical materials and all when I share stuff from the Bible. And yet we see the church using crap like this. This is why I go to the Bible and especially the Greek, if I can, because the church is subtle, they're sneaky and they take scriptures like this to try to give you an impression that they're okay. They're not okay. Damn it. And we have to keep, I know we've all lost our faith. We don't believe that crap anymore and all that, but we have to keep sharp with the scriptures because they're still abusing the scriptures and they're still deceiving our families, 
our friends, our neighbors, etc. So don't don't give up on me if I keep going back to the Bible and trying to test their claim because like land land i'm sorry i interrupted you again i apologize but that was important because i knew they were gonna i just did this just now off the cuff i knew if they were going to use a bible verse it was not going to say what they're saying landon's right no it's not taught in latter day scripture and it's not a doctrine of the church as such but that doesn't mean it hasn't been taught and believed and I think there's a difference because they're very careful not to say here, they're not saying we don't become God. They're saying we don't get a planet. Um, yes, there's a difference. They say, then they say, but we become like him, but they never say we become God. They they always say we become like him. That yeah. That's the new right. term, uh, like yep. him. Backpedaling, that's right. Yeah, a little backpedaling. We, we become like not him. like we don't become like Mike, Mike. We become like Mike. Yep. <laughs> it was not like when we were growing up. I was coloring, coloring pages of the animals on my planet. So, I mean, I'm sorry, my husband's planet. <laughs> Couldn't have been right. Okay. Because women can't own real estate, as we learned last night. <laughs> yeah. No. No. That that wasn't going to happen, especially to a girl in the in the 70s. No. But. Oh. Oh, last Trexmo meme. Last. I like this one. Yeah, this one. Uh, no, no. You said if we signed up for the five-year mission, we each got our own planet. I most certainly did not. <laughs> How many of us feel that way? Uh, you know, we all grew up going, we're going to get a planet and become gods. And now 50 years after paying tithing, uh, hold up, guys. Uh, maybe not quite a planet. Maybe Pluto, you know, a dwarf planet, something like that. <laughs> a dwarf. No, I'm going for Beetlejuice. I'm going for the giant. One. Oh, <laughs> for Beetlejuice, the red giant. Yeah. yeah, So yeah, we were ripped off. Yeah. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, no kidding. We we went from getting a planet to getting well. What what did well, we get? Well, let's find out. Yeah, That's let's, right. Let's let's, let's tell them what really? they won. And this is where we really get into the essay because the essay just kind of skirts around some of these issues we've talked about so far. Most of the essay is about okay. What what does becoming like God mean? This is this is what we get. These are the things that the essay details in trying to answer the question that they flipped on us. Well, here's what you win. Divine nature, become like God, understand the sacred nature of the procreative power, high priority on parenthood, high priority on marriage. Continue procreative powers in heaven, greater appreciation of gospel principles and covenants, eternal family and a toaster. That's what you win. <laughs> because my wife is going to be making bread from the celestial wheat. I need that poster. It is risen. <laughs> it is risen. Yes. So, but basically, I, yeah, I these are not just kind of my bread alone. That's right. These are just kind of feel good. You know, you're going to be like God. You're going to be a good person. You're going to be with your family. greater appreciation yeah. of gospel principles. Oh, yeah. you're me. going to be a true blue Mormon. That's the only way you get in. Yeah. Just these very nice, feel good covenant path type of things is all that we're left with. That is what we've won. That is what has replaced this amazing concept that we're going to be gods and goddesses and have planets. Wow. Hey, continued procreative powers in heaven. There will be no TK movies. That's right. That is different. That is what is different from other religions. Other religions don't necessarily, they might allude to it, but they certainly don't think it through and they don't teach it as strongly as we 
do. And all through the essay, it talked about that the way to become like a God is simply to have a lot of children. It kept seeing your seed, your glorified seed, 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 seed. The whole essay was about your seed. So they're basically <laughs> telling you, it sounds a little seedy. They got a lot of, you know, pro proclamation of the family stuff into the essay. It basically said you have to be in a relationship, you know, heterosexual couple, nuclear family, that divine pattern, as we talked about in Mother in Heaven essay. And that, that is what's going to continue in, into the next life. And that's, that's what you get. You get to be in this, nuclear family that checks all the boxes of the covenant path. So very interesting. They took everything else away. I kind of feel Hot like dang, sign me up. the continued procreative <laughs> powers in heaven is kind of like the car in the showcase, you know, they, they give you all the little prizes and then they say, okay, yeah. here's, here's one that uh, gets you excited. You know, like the guy, look at his face. Oh my God. Procreative <laughs> powers. Procreative powers. <laughs> <laughs> Just wow! Here, let me imitate him. Let, let, let's see if I look kind of like him. Let's see. <laughs> you do. Although I think I'm Is saying that a younger wrong. version of Carrie? It looks like is, maybe it's procreative. Is it procreative? Is it maybe it's one of those weird, like, you know, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it's, it's not, not procreative. Maybe it's procreative. It's probably yeah, AI generated. Please correct me in the chat. Yeah, I, I think it is pro whatever it is. Basically, it sounds like we all lay around in heaven and have a big orgy. Uh, that, yeah. and, we and lay around in heaven children. and get them. That's about, about the end That's of it. it. Sign me up. Yep. And again, this heaven sounds like it was made up by a 14-year-old boy. Can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't have to go there. And as time went on, he kept changing his earlier revelations to include all this new stuff as right. him and Sidney Rigdon got together. So, yeah, yep. Dan yeah. and I will be talking about that Sunday, too. So good stuff. Fascinating. So, so that, right. begs the, that begs the question, uh, if you want to go to the next one. Yeah. How is this really different from other religions? Uh, yeah. You know, what, what makes it different? I mean, the other religions believe that you'll be there as a as a family and you'll have a divine nature that you'll be, you know, very righteous and, and, and praising God and be near God. Uh, in fact, uh, Rebecca, you kind of mentioned some stuff on this. Uh, yeah. Well, I was just thinking about missionaries and how they knock on a door and they meet a family, the family that already believes in some way, part of their religion, or even just in general, that they'll be able to be a family together, that they'll continue to experience love with their loved ones. They just kind of have that general idea. And the missionaries say, oh, no, oh, you will not have that unless you join our church. Right. So they take that away from them. They get them to join our church. Right. Just basically now to give them back the same thing that they believed in before. Only now they're in a high demand, high control religion. They're paying money. They're spending time. So it's really a zero sum game, except for that now these people are, are trapped in the religion. So it's it. We used to have more to offer. Like it was it was special obviously fabricated but it was special but now it really is not very different except for the emphasis on you know the pro procreative powers after uh, in the next life yeah now interesting the, the, the church still kind of teaches that you're going to become a god but it's now more right. of a you're going to become like god wink wink like yeah. we all know what that means you know right. but but we're not going to say it and that's kind of the point that we've yeah. moved to is Oh hey, I wanna I I wanna just say hi to Geoplanet Jane. 
Welcome back, sweetie. I hope you're feeling better. I hope you're healing and doing well. We've we've been praying about you and thinking about you a lot. So she's back in action. Good to see you again. Sorry to interrupt you, but that was important. No, that's I awesome. It looks like she's already got a planet. So uh, <laughs> you a planet, Jim? <laughs> she's she is a forward progressive thinker. I'm telling she, you, she took she took it and grabbed it. She's not waiting for someone to right. give it to her. Nope. <laughs> you don't need men's permission to go get your own planet, man. <laughs> right? right there, you go. So. Uh, in in honor of Rebecca's cheerleading days, you want to take oh, this dear. slide? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It's take it back, take it back, way back. That's right. So <laughs> I don't have my pom-poms with me right there upstairs. I, here, I've got a towel. Uh-oh. Wait, is that oh, that rag that, that you've been blowing right? your nose on for the last six episodes? Oh, it is. Have you cleaned it's that? Okay. Walk <laughs> out of your room. I felt those germs here on the other side. Oh, my three states. It's okay. The snot's dry. It's just powder now. <laughs> oh, a little too much biohazard there, Carrie. I don't know. <laughs> we are way out of control. I love we you guys. Are. That's right. But but this slide represents how the church has to hearken back uh, to support their doctrines early, early Christianity. And Landon has some good points on that. Yeah, as usual, they they like to go back when they can't explain something. They go back to early Christianity usually before anyone's ever really written anything. Uh, and then they can say, oh, yeah, this is what the early Christians said, but it all got changed by the time it got to this point. Uh, in fact, in the in the essay, they say something like, uh, you know, most people wouldn't recognize um, how they say that uh, most most people wouldn't recognize uh, early what, what early Christians believed on this because they start quoting some of the early fathers, uh, uh, some of the early church fathers and saying, oh no, they all had had sayings that we would become God. And it wasn't until almost 500 AD before they started believing that you wouldn't become God. And there are there are some things there by, um, you know, some of, the, some of the early church fathers going back to like 125 AD. But when we say church fathers, we're really talking about, you know, the Catholic church fathers, not, not, exactly. the, not, not our church fathers. So somehow no. they believe them there uh, when they support their cause. But when they say something that's not there, not supportive of them, uh, then all of a sudden we can't we can't believe what they say. Uh, so they do go back to that. And as we learned in the uh, which essay was it? Our, our Mormon, our Mormons Christian. Our Mormons Christian. Yeah. We talked about all the weird early Christian uh, thoughts and, and Carpocratians. Like yes, yes. They were yes. And they say, oh, and well, there were good. and there were there were Valentinians also and yes. Sethians, the yeah. Gnostics. Yeah. Well, yeah if they yeah. can find any one of them that supports their then they say, oh yeah, right here. Yep. Yep. The the uh the, these people taught that. They also taught that we should have orgies for sacrament. But hey, we'll just take the part that we like and leave the other, <laughs> other <pick>. alone. <laughs> But, but honestly, anciently, it was a common practice for, uh, for deification and the belief that man could become God. All the Roman emperors uh, were, were, well, not all of them, but the, Julius Caesar, Augustus, many of the Roman uh, uh, Caesars were, were deified, which was right around Christ's time, early Christian time. So this was, it was a common practice that they all could be, that, that man could become gods. Uh, so they're absolutely right. They don't just have to point to the church fathers. They can point to uh, the the 
the Roman Senate. Oh, wait, Senate. wait, though, those are pagans. Of course, then, you know, the Mithras liturgy also has this idea of ascent and becoming deified with the sun. And the ancient Egyptians did say that the ultimate uh, destination was to become one of the imperishable stars. And so you got this, these, these ancient people, they had ideas, but on this church fathers thing, you bring up an excellent point. They quote, without realizing, they just start quoting church fathers, you know, Novatius and Tertullian and Oregon and Lactantius and Gregory the Great, not realizing that they're, they're quoting people who lived through a 700-year stretch. It's not like it was a unified group of people all believing the same doctrine at all. The church fathers did not agree with the, among themselves as well. So if you want to cherry pick here and there, this church father was 230 AD. This church father was 600 AD. That one was 400 AD in a completely, totally different country that had completely different culture and belief. Yes, we'll take that sentence and put it all together and say, see, there's the whole gospel covenant plan and, and covenant path, and it's all illusion. Because none of them were Mormon. I promise none of them were. Jesus, I got, bad, I got bad news for you. Jesus wasn't Mormon. The temple he was with in his day did not do endowments. Okay, let the lightning strike begin, but I'll stand by that statement. <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> They're not did doing anything. The church isn't doing anything now that uh, wasn't done wasn't done uh, with Joseph Smith, where he just picks and chooses the best parts that he wants and puts them together. Did you cover Ex Milo, yeah. uh, Landon? I was distracted no. for one second with my dog, because that is a really, really important uh, thing to consider, because that's one of the things that differentiates us from other Christianities now, right? Now, right? Yeah, we no, do not yeah, believe no, in that. I'll hit that. You're, you're getting a lot of feedback right now, Rebecca. So Sorry. Okay. I'll mute. You talk about it, Lynn. Talk about it, Lynn. And it might be the phone because I could kind of hear me coming back in there too. But yeah, this this idea of ex nihilo is is really important because the church teaches that God organized using existing matter. And and I want to point back to the, to the Old Testament where it says he took and organized everything and that's that he, that he organized man. Whereas now says Are you guys getting a feedback as well? I'm hearing you echo also, Landon. Okay. Let me, okay. Let me Do you have a set of head, headsets? I'm going to plug my headset in. Sometimes they say that and gets rid of it. I'm going to put mine on. So, yeah. Okay. So ex nihilo is basically that, that the universe was created out of nothing, that God took, there was nothing. God was there and he made everything. And this is an important distinction because if God just organized matter, that means the matter was there before him, which means somehow it got there without God. And therefore God isn't all powerful. He isn't all controlling. Ex nihilo means God was all powerful because he took from nothing and created everything. 
And so that's kind of the second century uh, belief was this ex nihilo, and it's it it's kind of gone, you know, for, through Christianity since that time. Now we got to think about Mormonism. You know, Mormons we say he he organized, but where did he get that idea? Was it strictly from from the Old Testament? It could have been, but we also have to remember that he's a 19th century prophet. He's after Newton. Newton says, you know, Newton's laws that matter cannot be created nor destroyed. Is Joseph Smith somehow influenced by that and saying, no, he just organized matter because we know that matter can't be created or destroyed. And so it's now a 19th century view of how God created versus a second century uh, idea of how God created. So it's, it's I, I know he did study the Hebrew also, and, and you can make a case uh, in the Hebrew, that the creation ex nihilo is a, it's one way to interpret it. But I think using the Hebrew in some respects, you can, you can get this idea of uh, ex nihilo being wrong. But oh. not all the ancient, not all the ancient Jews believed that particular interpretation of Hebrew either, because the ex nihilo. Uh, well, by this time, though, they were becoming more and more Christians and they were trying to get away from the Jews. So this very well may be a corrupt doctrine. Uh, yeah, I agree, because the Old Testament's yeah. pretty clear that he took matter and organized it more than it. Yeah, the, the, the image of the potter was really big back then, Jeremiah and Isaiah. And, and actually, that comes from the uh, <laughs> Egyptian god Kanum, who was also a potter. And there, there are... Uh, pictures on the temple walls with him fashioning man on a potter's wheel it's really interesting no kidding yeah they're, they're obviously different ways but this is a big this is a yeah. big thing whether god is all powerful because was he a creation of if matter was there before him then then he would have had to exist after the matter after the man, which then puts him in that position of that he possibly could be a man and so that possibly could be a theory uh, so that's why they go back and they use this. Uh, of course, you know, I, I'm a science believer, not, not a God believer. And I believe that matter <gasps> came from that matter existed. It came from the singularity of the big bang that it's always existed. Um, that's and right. so, you know, everyone, everyone's free to believe whatever they want on this, but this is kind of where they, they go and they have to make the argument that he organized the matter that it wasn't ex nihilo. And they make that argument, which I think is a st strong argument that they can, can make that argument. Sure. Uh, that, that's where they go to, to back that up. But it also very likely. Well, isn't this about the time? Uh, isn't, isn't this about the time too, that everybody started to say, well, my God is bigger and more powerful than yours. And well, exactly. mine can do this and mine can do that. Well, mine is omnipotent. Well, mine's omniscient and mine's omnipotent. Exactly. And, and they just, kept going and it just got because because i mean truly yahweh was not a universal god he was a tribal god exactly. he was one of the sons of el from the canaanite pantheon el had 12 sons that's the famous deuteronomy 32 chapter where the sons of god received their allotments and yahweh got israel all of the other gods got all of the other nations michael heiser he just recently passed god rest his soul he's a good man he was a big bible scholar on this council of the gods idea so so you know this i mean even now if yahweh was jesus 
maybe Jesus through time has become big and grand and magnifico, you know, but uh, he originally wasn't. So just, I'm just saying, you know, again, the history of the biblical stuff. And that leads right into our next, uh, our, our next slide. Because oh, oh, it does. I didn't mean to steal is, your thunder. Really, we're we're gonna we're gonna take it back, and we're gonna ask the actual question rather than becoming like God. Is can we become gods? Uh, what is the answer to that? And we're not gonna answer the Mormon answer. We're gonna answer the answer as to whether or not man can become God. Um, so, if you want to go to the next slide. Well, it it switched slightly, <laughs> boy. It, Deificatio. This conversion, Deificatio. Deificatio. Yeah. Deificatio. That sounds <laughs> Latin. That's awesome. Re remember What's the that eye. What's stupid end doing there? Yeah, remember the eye, or it becomes defecation rather than deification. But <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. No shit. Oh <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but we want to talk a little bit about deification and what that means. Um, you know, that's basically what they're saying is you, you can become a God. Of course, the LDS church teaches that God is going to elevate us if we're righteous, that he's going to elevate us to Godhood. And as, as Rebecca and I discussed this, you know, we said, well, anyone can become a God or anything can become a God. But it goes the other direction. Man elevates someone to a God or exactly. man elevates something to a God if they're going to worship something. There's been 18,000 deities or more uh, throughout the history of the world that we know of. And 18,000? Almost all of those are gone now. And it seems more, like, And why are they gone? Yeah, why are they they're gone? gone as soon as the last man breathing says doesn't say their name anymore right as soon as that last person that believes in the god mm. dies the god dies god is not very powerful when they're at the mercy and the whim of battles and men and women they're gone they absolutely disappear when the last person who believes in them stops living it's an interesting concept interesting. And, and, and we yeah, saw that in the ancient world you didn't have a global god you had local gods and these local gods were believed by the local people. The local people deified them. The local people made, whether it was a whether it was an image that they decided to call God or said it represented God, or whether it was the elements, the wind, the whatever, they they basically deified that and made it their god. And then as soon as another nation came and conquered them, if they were destroyed, their god disappeared with them. And if they if they were kept, then they usually uh, accepted the new God of whoever their, uh, whoever took them over, they would take their God because he was the more powerful God and start worshiping him. So uh, yeah, dictionary of the, this humans. Oh. Oh. in the Bible, this is by uh, Carol Vander Turn, Bob Becking and Peter W. Vanderhorst. And this is a thousand pages of absolute solid evidence of just what you said. There are thousands of gods and they've come and they've gone and they've come and they've gone. And so, yeah, that's, that's no kidding. Where are all the gods going? 
See, that's the, oh, hey, Doug Vincent, thank you. That is very, very kind. He just gave us a down payment on our oh, planet, 20 bucks. <laughs> Woohoo! Thank you, awesome. man. I believe there that's are some awesome. websites where you can actually go and get uh, your own star. I think you can adopt a yes, star and, you can and adopt a star. buy it. So uh, we not awesome. only can get our own planet now, we can get our own star. <laughs> so maybe we'll put it Oh, there you go. Doug, Doug, don't. Don't be a tightwad. Fork over a hundred bucks. I want a big star. <laughs> you need a lot of marshmallows and a lot of chocolate, right? You need more than that. So, well, well, stars are hot. They'll melt them. <laughs> Landon had an interesting point. We kind of discussed where did Mormon God come from? Like, who oh, is yeah, Mormon yeah. God? When when did he Tell first us. burst on the scene? Because he wasn't there in the 1700s, and he wasn't there you know so talk about that landon i loved what you were saying about that yeah ba basically uh 1838 is that when we finally get the correct version of of mormon god uh, the 1832 version of you uh, mean of there mormon is religion. you mean there is a correct version uh, well <laughs> i i think he's changing like every other god has that he it, it, the, yeah. the God of Joseph Smith, the Mormon God, was formed in about 1838 when he, and then he developed him up until his death, uh, and then he's continued to change over time, as we as we just learned, uh, you know. And one here's here's early prophets saying we're going to become like him and we'll become gods, and then later ones say, well, we won't become like him. We we can't become equal to him. Some say, oh yeah, he was he lived on an earth and was a Jesus before. Uh, he he was elevated to a god, and we're going to do the same thing. That we're always getting a slight change, or they're they're fine tuning them all the time. But Mormon God didn't exist prior to prior to eighteen thirty eight, and if all Mormons were to disappear, Mormon God would disappear with them. Uh, you know, so that's why they've got the treasury there, so he doesn't disappear. That's why they tell you have lots of that's kids, it. people. That's right. Come on. They're That's just it. now pushing that issue again, aren't they? Come on, you young people. Yeah. So we believe we need more. We yeah. We we believe that anyone could be deified um, mm -hmm. because we know that we know that they have uh, the. So Julius, you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> in fact, in fact, uh, Carrie actually deified himself. If we go to the next slide, he did. Look he at did. Carrie. I did. Huh. He did auto deification. Uh, it's better than auto defecation. Yeah. Sure. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Another splendid drawing by Carrie Shirts. That's right. He doesn't have a large forehead. <laughs> Compare the two. Oh here. my gosh! There we go. How many times are you going to show that? Behold, my love. Hello. Boy. We, like, we like to call him the backyard Dionysus or BY Dionysus. Dionysus. B -Y -D. Yes, I think yeah. wrong. B -Y -D. I, my Greek is horrible. It's about as bad as my right. English. I knew I should have never showed you guys this. And and we actually looked up the the, the definition of, of Dionysus. Dion, Dionysus. Yeah. The, oh, it's yeah, a great study. study. God of vegetation, fertility, festivity, insanity, ritual madness, <laughs> religious ecstasy, and theater. If that doesn't describe pretty much sums it up. <laughs> That's the brethren right there. <laughs> All wrapped up in 
12 gods in one right there. This is a great self-portrait though, Carrie. I love it. This is wonderful. Oh, thank you. We did notice in your portrait of us uh, that uh, yeah. there wasn't quite as much. You uh, didn't deify us. No. Yeah, I, yeah, a little more defecation than deification there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's show our portrait that, show that Carrie was so kind yeah, enough Drew's. to draw for us. All right, here we go. Drum roll. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thanks, Carrie. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> ah, you're very welcome. I think I got yeah, that my was... truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're laughing about it. <laughs> no, we love them. We love them, Carrie. You're amazing. Thank you for drawing us. But no, so oh, much well, fun. Thank yeah. you for and, and hopefully this episode's been a lot of fun because you know we 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 definitely found some interesting things and wanted to share those from the from the essay. Uh, make it a little more yeah. fun than the church does, I guess. Yeah, and I would encourage everybody to go read the essay. I mean, it's not very long. These are absolutely fascinating when you no. really dive in and see what they're trying to do, what they're trying to not say, and what they are saying in instead. It really tells you a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it, it's it's just so interesting how so cleverly subtle they have become instead of Joseph Smith bold. Give me my Mormon leader upright. Just tell it like Joseph Smith did, but they just won't do that anymore, will they? No. Yeah. Nope. Well, you guys, you guys were on the uh, uh, Mormon News Roundup just recently. We were. With, uh, we love the Mormon nose? News Roundup. Yeah, but that was if awesome. If your viewers have not heard the Mormon News Roundup, you need to go check it out. It's a weekly news program that just kind of curates all the news in the Mormon landscape. Um, he has DVs. He has guests on. We've been on. Carrie's going to go on. And they just talk about the news of the day. It airs live every Sunday night at 930 Eastern Time. And so I, I hope that he'll pay me for this nice plug I'm giving no, up. But it's a really great this show. We owe him money. <laughs> no, well, we do owe him money. That's true. But that's not why I'm saying it. <laughs> no, it's a really good show. And it's it's not as well known as it should be because it's it, he curates every new yeah, story. It's incredible. It's yep. a lot of fun. It's it's incredible. Really but he was showing, I'll be on, I think, July 9th. He's invited oh, okay. me to be on, so I'll try it. So, but uh he was he had that uh uh, public list uh, that, that the church puts out to give its statistics and its growth rates and all that jazz. And they've whittled it down from like 75 yeah. down to like five now. I mean, they tell us nothing yep. anymore. And yet yep. they're so subtly clever with the way they manipulate the words and the doctrines. Um, it's too bad. I, I'll put it this way. I think between you guys and myself and uh, who's that other dude that hangs out with Bill Real? <laughs> oh, yeah, him, him. <laughs> RFM on Mormonism Live. I think He's our audiences. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm doomed. I am just doomed. You're but, doomed. But I, uh, I do believe. With making you disappear, Carrie, it would probably be our Yeah, he, He's connected. I'm telling people. you, he's yeah, connected. They, he got the connection. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and somebody asked <laughs> okay, in the chat well, if, whatever. if Mormonish was under the umbrella. No, independent. They won't have us under their umbrella, and that's just fine. <laughs> that's right. That's all good. So, so the thing that, that is so interesting is, um, 
our audiences are because of the information and and i mean you too when you when you come up with with your podcasts and videos it, it just staggers me how much work you guys are putting into them and it staggers me how much work i have to put in mine and it staggers me how much work bill and rfm and john delin and nemo the mormon all of them john streeter all of them and yet it's worth it because the subtle cleverness is not as effective because we are in the age of the internet. Just like you told him, Rebecca, what changed? The internet. Yes. The internet. But That's the This answer. is really important <laughs> to educate ourselves in the rhetorical sophistry of deception. This is the Church of Jesus Christ of Sophistic Deception of Latter-day Saints. Not very clever way to put it, but it's disgusting, it's alarming, and yet it's not because we hate. We hate hate the deception, love the church. I don't know. Of course, then John DeLynn said he still loves the church, you know, a few podcasts ago, but he just disgusted with the way they're acting. So he got a point. Exactly. I mean, they are our friends and our neighbors and, and our family and all that. So it's not like, you know, leave the church and can't leave it alone. Oh, you damn right. We're not leaving it alone. Oh, yes. Oh, oh hell yes. We are <laughs> picking on it because it can do better. And the only way to make it do better is not through revelation, but shaming them. We've proven that works. So that's what we're doing. Shaming and enlightening all at the same time. Woohoo! Yeah, baby. Okay, now, uh, I hate to take off your two lovely faces. Uh, no, it's yeah, really funny, Terry. Oh, I'm, not gonna go. yeah. no, I'm not going to put him back on. No, I'm not going to put him back on. Everyone's talking about mushrooms when they look at your art. I don't know what the connection I... is. <laughs> the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see yeah. it. I can see it. Yeah, the mushroom is right up. The mushroom is on his, it's on his left side, the red-capped mushroom. Oh, there, uh, there is a mushroom there. Yeah, so people, yeah. People yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, he was a god of wine and drugs. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I've done a lot of research on that. And ritual madness. <laughs> and ritual madness, definitely. Yeah, this is some of the great Greek uh, tragedy plays, the Bacchus and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah he, he's a big deal. In fact, uh, the biblical scholar, I've had him on my show, Dennis R. McDonald, has done a book on John and Dionysus, and I just have it right here. The Dionysian Gospel. Oh, there we go. How John, how John utilized the Greek play of the Bacchae to teach that Jesus now replaced the Dionysus. I would strongly encourage you guys to get this book. It is outrageous. I've done a video on it, a video review of it. I'm going to have Dennis on again. He just finished producing his Mimesis uh, course, online course, and I will be selling that with him. Uh, if you buy it from me, I get a small stipend, you know, a buck or two. It's not a not a get-rich-quick scheme, but it's a fun way to help spread the, the word. So, yeah, this Dionysus, um, he is really, really an important cat. And besides, he's funner than all get out to paint. I've got several more I want to do. So, yeah, fun stuff. So, okay, you guys, um, why don't...
you uh each one of you give a wrap up and let's call it man we're approaching two hours shall we take questions oh, <laughs> carrie you turned into dark vader again it seems like at the end of every show you turn into it's dark vader I've always thought he might be a robot, and now I think we're finding out, yes. It actually kind of sounds like a synthesizer. That's what I can't continue. I'm sorry. Am I sounding crazy still? You sound like this, Carrie. Yes, you do. I am Oh my gosh, just when we thought it couldn't get any weirder, seriously. (laughs) I'll let Rebecca do the closing for us. I'm laughing too hard. I don't think I can do any closing except for just to say that these essays are really important to read and to understand. And I will tell you guys what we're going to hit next time. I'm not exactly sure when it will be, hopefully in a couple weeks, but it is going to be drumroll DNA and the Book of Mormon. See, if you remember from our introduction, we talked about how the first two essays were really light. They weren't really anything. Are Mormons Christian? Who cares? Is, you know, will we become a God? Whatever. They put those in there to dissuade people, you know, and get them off the scent of reading what's really at the heart of these essays. So we're going to dive right into DNA and the Book of Mormon. And that's where the good stuff starts to happen. So we hope that everyone will join us for that one. When we get our mics fixed, get our acts together, take some more mushrooms, all of that in preparation for being on again. <laughs> oh, now I can't hear Carrie at all. I have no idea what he's saying. And I will oh, do some more is. caricatures also. Excellent. So. Caricatures. Caricatures. <laughs> caricatures. That's it. Oh. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thanks to everyone. Am I sounding okay now? You are now. <laughs> no, you're yeah. good. You're good. Well, now. You're okay. sounding like yourself. Let's say that. Yep. Okay. Well, I've got to hurry up and talk. Dennis McDonald. I I will have him back on the show. Good stuff. You gotta you gotta watch that. So caricatures. Yeah. I like that. Caricatures. Caricatures. Yep. I might call them those. So <laughs> I think you yeah, should. Yeah. Yeah. You guys want to join us on that DNA and Book of Mormon? We're gonna knock yep. it out in the ballpark. That might be a three hour one, and we're not gonna apologize about it. So anyway, all right. We love y'all. We've gotta act like bananas and split. Be like trees and leaf. Be like a new bride's panties and be off. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mormonish. We really appreciate our listeners and would love to hear from you if you have a story you'd like to share. You can email us at mormonishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, mormonishpodcast.org. And don't forget to look for us on YouTube and like and subscribe. Keep joyful, everybody.